Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about a new movie every week. This week on the show, we're talking about The Truman Show. Coming to you now from the largest studio ever constructed, it's The Truman Show! Yeah! Good morning! Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) What if? No scripts, no cue cards. Morning, Spencer! How's it going? What if you were watched every moment of your life? How many cameras you got there in that town? I believe Truman is the first child to have been legally adopted by a corporation. That's correct. Brilliant. What if everyone you knew was pretending? Hi, honey. Look what I got at the checkout. Dishwasher safe. As always, I'm your host, Corbin's Vocal, and with me is my late but always there co-host, Cody Webb. Cody, how are we doing? (laughs) I'm doing great. Yeah, appreciate the intro. Uh, I don't know how late I am, but, uh, you know, fuck you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited, man. First episode, or like first real episode of 2022, I feel like. So uh, starting off with a bang with a guest. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. Well, there you go. You uh, you spoiled the surprise, but we do have a guest as well. And not not only is this just, you know, a regular run-of-your-mill guest, this is the first brother of another guest that we've had on the show. So. Uh, Cap's getting familial, so bringing in Trevor Van Overberg. Trevor, how are yep. you, and will you be a better guest than your brother? Yep, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to uh, finally get my shot here. I was once promised to be like the second guest on a podcast. Oh, uh, you know, however many episodes in now, and finally get my shot. I wanted to wanted to give the fans like a real large sample size of what it's like without me. So then, like when I come in, and they demand that I like become the third host uh that doesn't seem too likely to happen but hey, you never know i mean <laughs> if we can if you can get a big enough following out there then you don't think people like the truman show well um you don't think this is gonna more be about you than anything than the movie you don't think, <laughs> you don't think people are gonna tune in to listen about the truman show hey we'll see what kind of numbies this episode does yeah All right, here we go. Let's if hear it goes off we'll consider it yeah, i'll yeah. bring in two to three extra listeners well, here's the question. That'll uh, like triple our size, though. So yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. One of those will be me. <laughs> when you finally start listening to the show after this episode, Trev, I listen to half of one. Why did you pick the Truman Show? Tell us. Uh, uh, so I first saw this movie like right before I went to college, and I was like, "It's pretty good." And then I decided to just tell people it was my favorite movie, so it didn't sound uh, boring when I like <laughs> told the truth and said it was like Avengers um i mean i like this movie I, i'm probably not my favorite but i do enjoy it so it's uh is this like to try and make yourself sound uh cooler or smarter yeah art, like real artistic okay but, hey like, oh my god he likes the truman show this guy and then uh and i'd say that and no one just nobody <laughs> had ever seen this movie yeah i feel like you probably could have picked a better one if you were gonna lie but uh i do enjoy the truman show I can get into a little bit of my initial thoughts just rewatching it. Obviously, this movie kind of uh, a little bit foreboding of the future after 1998, and uh, you can obviously reality TV existed, but the uh, the nature of you know shows like Big Brother or Survivor or you know even the Real Housewives or like whatever crazy reality you know Jersey whatever Shore. blew up in the the late 2000s. Jersey Shore, hell yeah. Uh, this is a little impression about the future of reality TV, which is uh, always interesting. Um, just a pretty tight script throughout, really unique idea. Um, and honestly, just an ending that I love. Uh, the final line and, and just kind of the way it ends, I think, is perfect. Modern movies have like three endings always. It's like something happens and then like, okay, it's over, right? Oh, no, we still have to have this other scene to clear up all these storylines. In this movie, it just ends. He walks out of the dome and the movie, you know, goes to black. And I really do love that about it. And uh, yeah, Cody, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, that was one of the things I was just, just right off the bat. It's like a simple premise and um, it's like a really tight script, I think. So it's only like an hour, 40, 50, somewhere in there. But um, there's not a lot of like fat. There's not a lot of fluff. It's sort of just like getting to the point in this movie, which I do really like a lot um and yeah i mean it's just like the the premise as well it's a little bit simple 
and there's not really a ton that goes on in the movie, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But um, I just think the script in general could have used maybe another twist or turn. Obviously, the whole like, uh, you know, spoilers here, but uh, obviously the whole his dad's alive thing. I just don't like that's in it for like five minutes. And that's like sort of like a big reveal almost. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just more into my initial thoughts. Um, this is Jim Carrey's movie. I mean, the sporting cast for me is like, OK, but what makes it good? like it's just Jim Carrey um that's why I think I, I don't know like I'm kind of on the fringe with this movie like in general I like it but that performance from uh from Jimmy Boy is probably what uh takes it over the hedge for me so um yeah I'm sort of leaning both ways in this movie I don't know I don't know what to think about it Trev what are some of your initial thoughts for you watching this movie for the second time ever yeah I mean like you guys said like it surprised me how short it is because it's really like there's a beginning, there's a middle, and then there's an end. Like there's no extra, mm. nothing in the That's middle. So well, it's like, well said, well said. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. It's like, you know what I mean. It doesn't play around. I mean, it there's gets to the acts. point. It's straight to the you point, guys. Anyway, but like, because like it just ends, nothing extra at the end there. I kind of wish that when he like leaves, that it just went straight to black. That'd kind of be sick. But I agree with that they had to get like those weird guys making a stupid comment or something. Just end it when he walks out. But um, another thing that I did want to mention. What do you guys think about the rewatchability of this movie? Because this was the second time that I've seen it. And the first time, I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than the second time. But I, I didn't know if that was just me. I kind of agree with you there. Like, I think it's a it's a movie you watch and you're like, this movie is great. Like, it's fucking amazing. And then you rewatch it again and you're just like, I mean, it's a smart idea, but it, it does just get old very fast. Um, I think I watched it for like the third time, maybe with Mina last year and i just fell asleep in the middle of it and woke up it for the end and like i that's just kind of how it is like i don't i don't know it's just it's a good movie but i agree with you the rewatchability isn't the uh, best yeah i mean you made the joke this is like uh my second time watching it but in reality like it is <laughs> like the first time exactly like i thought i was like man this movie's awesome this is my favorite movie and then like this is probably it's probably my third time watching it but yeah, I, I mean, it, pr- it proves like, the phenomenon, though, like, you know, the point we're making. So, yeah, once you see it, but it's like once you see that first twist, you know what's happening. It kind of ruins the doesn't ruin it, but it's not as interesting the second time around when you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Why don't we go ahead and move on to uh stupidest part? Cody, you want to take it away? You stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is it's kind of a hard movie to point out a ton of flaws in it, but I did have a couple stupid parts um first off i mean it's kind of just like at this point in the show maybe the production value has gone down a little bit because i just feel like they're trying to get caught um obviously i don't don't know the entire backstory to the girl who was like a fan and then like infiltrated the show somehow but um that doesn't make much sense also the radio station (laughs) like just going to the like the cues like the director cues or whatever strange and they just like drop a light fixture out of the sky as well at the beginning like directly on his street so you know i don't know maybe the production is just getting tired they're trying to sabotage the show on its own but uh i thought that was funny or just like four or five things in a row or it's just a bad day for the show and, and a lot of people are getting canned i feel like yeah i mean that's essentially what i wrote down it's that like in a one week span everyone just decides to be terrible at their job like they go 30 years of making this yeah. and and just now all of a sudden like every single thing happens uh i guess that's i mean that is you know the most likely scenario you know eventually you start making mistakes and they pile up but bad rough week for the tv yeah <laughs> the TV industry somebody's gotta be getting fired that's all i'm saying <laughs> yeah i hear you trev what's uh what's the stupidest part for you yeah i put just the entire like sylvia storyline kind of makes no sense a little bit mm. like i don't get like he's obsessed with her and they probably spent like an hour total together and he's willing, he wants to move around the world. He's obsessed with going to Fiji because he thinks she's there. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I think it would have made more sense if like she was the original love interest and like kind of like has actual feelings for him and tries to like tell him the truth then rather than like her just like pulling him away for an hour. And also I don't get why she's like allowed on the set because there's that scene where they're at the prom or whatever and they pull, pull her away and and somehow she's allowed to like just be studying across her room like 
however long later. So that part kind of makes no sense at all. But yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, pretty poor security. Anybody can get onto the show, apparently. <laughs> but I agree with that too. Like that character at times just feels out of place. Like it's just another reason for him to be like suspicious of everybody. But in the grand scheme of things, like I don't know how they developed the connection in 10 seconds. I guess he's just like a massive simp. Like, I don't know. Unless it's yeah, like. He's, just got, he's got like an eye kink, man. He's just really yeah. the eyes. <laughs> hey, I respect the eye kink. But um, yeah, I don't know. Her, her character as, as a whole is, is kind of strange to me as well. Especially when like her like dad pulls up and says she's like a crazy person. Like, I feel like any other person who would experience that would be like, what the hell? And not to like fall in love with this girl. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Herman's a weird guy, too. Uh, <laughs> he's, in, he's into eyes. He's into you know, schizophrenic yeah. girls. Who does? But Corbin, you got another one? Because I do have one more. That, that's all I got. It was just okay. that general. I back that. But uh, my one other one, which I really don't like in this movie at all, is, uh, well, obviously, there's, like, cuts near the end of the movie to, like, people watching, which I do like that. But there's one viewer in particular I'm not a fan of, and it's the weird guy <laughs> in his bathtub, 24/7 watching the Truman Show. Like, dude, I don't know how he's not all pruny because literally throughout the entire movie he's in his bathtub. It's got to be some disgusting, disgusting water in there, and um, he doesn't really bring anything out of like all the viewers. Like, I really like the bar, and then like there's some other like the 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 duo of the, the security guards or whatever, the old ladies. Like, they're fine, but. This guy's just in here for like slapstick comedy and I'm not enjoying it at all because it's just some weirdo in a bathtub. But um, yeah, I, I hate that in this movie, if I'm being honest. Uh, I don't have any problems with people in bathtubs, so. I noticed that too. Like at the end when he freaks out and he's splashing all around, I was like, what? What is this guy doing? In <laughs> when it finally goes back live, he's like, ah! Are you still in the tub? <laughs> Trevor. Who can act in this movie? Wow. Who can act? As Cody alluded to, Jim Carrey. It was Jim Carrey's show. He killed it. Uh, I think he's like, he was pretty, I think he was doing pretty much just comedies at that point. This was his first real kind of drama. And he played it well because he used to play like pretty much this dude is going crazy in a way. And I mean, that's kind of his, all his characters, a little weirdos. But yeah, I mean, he did, he does it well. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think this movie works without Jim Carrey, honestly. Uh, there's a certain, like you said, like he has to be a little bit crazy. There's a little bit of crazy behind those eyes at any given moment. And even when, even when he's saying like the most innocent, you know, normal thing, like there's just a little, something's a little iffy. This dude's not quite right with Jim Carrey. And uh, I think it really fits well into this, this Truman character that's been forced into this world and been viewed by everyone. So Jim Carrey, I any other buddy, if you were to recast anybody else in this role, it's uh it's just a much worse movie. Cody, did you have more to add to that? Yeah, no, I mean I touched on it in the beginning. It is his movie hundred percent. Um I think this might be his best performance. It's definitely up there. Especially for like this is more of like a dramedy, I think, but obviously he does more like comedies in general. But um just like the deterioration of of a man, I think, is something really interesting to watch. And I mean, I feel like if we actually threw Jim Carrey into this situation, like that Truman was in, like he was on TV from birth, like this is actually how Jim Carrey might just be in general. So I think that that definitely lends like to Jim Carrey's just like acting ability, because I think he's just trying to be himself as much as possible, which I like a lot. And I mean, obviously, it definitely works for this movie. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, anybody else you guys want to talk about? I, I mean, to show. Oh, Ed Harris, he won like the Golden Globe that year for Best Actor or whatever. So probably shout him out. Oscar nominated for this movie. Yeah, yeah, I think he won the Golden. I think he won the Golden Globe for Best. Probably did win the Golden Globe, but yeah, Oscar nominated Best Supporting Actor. I did not know that. Good for Ed, but uh, I wanted to shout out Biff as well. I don't even know his uh the actor's name. Biff from uh, Back to the Future, I believe. Uh, mm. he's just a better actor than I thought he was, honestly, and um. That little little pep talk he had at the bridge where he's like, oh, I'm your best friend. Uh, I couldn't be a part of this. You know, some good acting. And uh, just from seeing the Back to the Future movies, I, I didn't think he had that in him. So I uh, wanted to shout is that, that out. He's Biff? I was like, who is this guy? I can't remember his face. Are you sure? I put him in, I put him in Who Can't sure Act because he was 
his face makes me i don't know something about it's his definitely face. not <laughs> he's definitely not who is he in back to the future he's somebody he's not in back to the future no fucking <laughs> probably some background actor it's gotta be his brother or something no who plays, who plays biff in back to the future i'm looking it up brother I'm, oh, I'm that movie's way too old i'm just asking questions who plays biff? tom wilson you okay. realize he has like he has to be a lot older oh yeah that's not him <laughs> yeah what is this guy in I've seen this guy in something. He's really no, no. That's what I thought. I looked it up. He's in like the Americans, the Truman Show. He's in the Walking Dead. Little children. That's it. I don't know. I could have swore to God that was Biff. All right, my bad. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So you think he's a good actor in this movie, Cody? He's not. He's not bad. You know, he's better than Biff was. So. Okay. I also wanted to give a little shout out to Ed Harris. Uh, like we said, Oscar nominated. Uh, I, Cody, what do you think? Do you think his character in this is kind of similar to what he does in Snowpiercer? Yeah, I was, I was going to mention that 100%. He just like shows up at the end and has like this menacing tone, this monotone voice. And it's like kind of running the show and then like reveals yeah. the truth. And it's all been his. Yeah, I was thinking very similar to that character. Uh and then the other thing, I think the opening of this movie with him in it, uh, where he's like doing the like documentary where he's like talking about it, um, is just really good. And then I think he's perfect for this character. So, yeah, he's all right. I'll talk about it a little later, but uh, I think we skipped over best scene as well. You know, did we not? Uh, yeah, we did. That, that's that's <laughs> so we can Whoa. come back around to it. I'm down to just go into who can act, right? Yeah, now. let's do that. All right. all right, yeah, I got a couple picks who here. can't act. Who can't act? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got Laura Linney first off. Um, I don't know what else she's been in. She definitely wasn't in Back to the Future, I'll tell you that. But um, What if she I mean, was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of a tough thing for her because it's sort of like she's acting with She's in Ozark. Act. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. But uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so but <laughs> you're throwing me off, dude. All right. She's like acting within acting. So she's like inception acting here and i think that's kind of hard to do and i don't think she's really great at it but um the person i did want to shout out for my worst actor in this movie it's got to be ed harris i don't know how the hell he won um you know some awards and stuff for this but um i don't know i just really don't buy what he's saying is his weird thing where he's like stroking the the monitor and stuff like that's definitely just ed harris like that's what he told the director he's gonna do and the director's like okay sure go for it um and yeah just also, like, the Snowpiercer thing. I don't know why he's typecast as, like, this ominous guy who comes in at the end of movies. And just some, some of his choices I don't like. And just the way his voice sounds, I don't really like either. I think you could have gotten somebody who, like, even has a better voice in general. But Ed Harris is a decent actor. But I just don't like his choices mostly in this movie. So I'm going after one of the big boys, evidently. Didn't know he's nominated. But he's uh, he's my worst actor here. My uh, worst actor is uh, Mr. Not Biff himself, Noah Emmerich as Marlon. What? Uh, I just really don't think he's a very convincing best friend for Jim character. Jim Carrey's character. I don't think him and Truman make sense as friends at all. And uh, I, I just don't think they work or have any chemistry. And I'm going to blame that on the uh, their lack of chemistry together. So, yeah. Yeah, that's who I put too. The guy's just a snooze fest. And like you mentioned, the pep talk he gives, <laughs> he has to get it fed by Ed Harris, the man you trash. I mean, the guy just is this not good. I also wanted to uh, say within the actual Truman show itself, uh, the police officer who calls him Truman, <laughs> no, you're old. Terrible, you don't know, bro. You don't know oh. Truman. <laughs> that guy's definitely getting fired. That guy got <laughs> canned. That guy's <laughs> not a real police officer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. To defend Biff a little bit, not Biff, but uh, I think that seems pretty good. Like, I don't know. Obviously, Ed Harris is feeding him lines, but he's like getting a little bit emotional. And yeah, Corbin, you're probably right. They don't have great chemistry together, but uh, I'll blame that on the script and, and not Biff. So, fair enough. Trevor, what's your favorite scene in this movie? She is very gorgeous to me. Yeah, like I talked about earlier, even though you guys made fun of me, the middle, the Kristoff interview, Ed Harris teeing off uh, i like how it is in the middle and you don't kind of like like so it was like that little, little bit of mystery at the beginning where you don't really know what's going on and then there's like this kind of big reveal of ed harris talking about what giving all the background of what the truman show is and i think 
I mean, I like how it comes through. Um, and like he says some stuff that makes him seem like a total weirdo. Like wanting the first on-air conception to happen, <laughs> aiming for all like yeah. I mean, that's the best scene right there. Uh I also alluded to mine earlier. Uh I love the ending of this movie. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's perfect. Unbelievable unbelievable that you'd say it right now and not wait until the very end, but well, we can't steal. That's kind of already a thing. We can't. We no, can't I mean, that's that. how you sign off. You... And no, don't worry about it. Cut this. Yeah. I'll, I'll... Cut, this, cut this and redo it. I'll cut everything you say. <laughs> All right, Cody, what's your favorite scene? Uh, yeah, bouncing off yours as well. Uh, I think the ending is great. Just a super high note to, to leave the movie with. Um, but I have a couple others I want to sprinkle in. Uh, I love the ads where they just do that in front of Jim Carrey. And he's just reacting like, what the hell's going on? Um, and then the nuclear plant scene is one of my personal favorites. Maybe not technically the best, but I just like Jim Carrey running around in the forest fighting nuclear plant workers with a stick. Um, just makes me laugh. I don't know why, but I think that actually might be my favorite scene in the movie. Those, those are some good ones. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Corbin's coming at me this episode. I don't know what the hell's going on. Everything I say is just incorrect, evidently. Fuck you, Corbin. I like the, I like the ads too. I think it's, when you see it, it's, that's like the well, on the second it watch. Notice the ads. It brings up an interesting question. Like, if everybody talks like that around him, would like it become inherent? Like, like something he would learn to do himself? Would he like start doing product placements if they gave him things that he liked? I doubt it. I think obviously you know, like, like would he that, turn? That and, part, like, that's also pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I don't think you'd do that, Corbin. But uh, no. interesting take. Learn behavior. If everybody around you is doing I, it, like that's what's what normal. Saying. He's not. No, there's dog. that part. There's that part in the middle where she does it when he's going crazy and like yeah. almost like kills her. Where he's like, "What the hell are you doing? Like, he's who like, are you talking to?" Yeah, yeah but why would he? Why would he not get used to that? He should think it's normal. Why don't you? I guess, you know what? In our heart of hearts. We know Adopt that a kid. the Put capitalism is inherently evil and we can feel it in our soul and That's he true. would not want to be a part of that advertising. That's probably what it is. Uh, on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with this new ad for 2022. And we're back with the recast. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Cody, who are you recasting in this movie? I'm sure you're getting rid of our, our buddy, Ed. So let's hear it. I am, yeah. Eddie's going to be the first one gone, sadly. Um, yeah, his role's an interesting one. I, I just sort of just wanted somebody more villainous. Like, obviously, Ed, he cares about Truman, but uh, I want somebody to care a little bit less about him. So I'm throwing in James Earl Jones, one of the best villains of all time. Um, you know, he's just got that voice that I was talking about, too. I just want that booming voice over the intercom, you know, telling Truman to stay the hell there. Um, and, and sort of the behind-the-scenes stuff as well. I don't know if I really even buy Ed Harris as somebody who's been running a TV show for 30 years. Like, when did he start the show? When he was 20? Uh, I don't know. I, I want somebody a little bit older. How old do you think Ed Harris is in this movie? Like, 50? I don't know. Uh, yeah, he would have been, like, 48. Yeah. When are you going to get a chance to produce on major television at 20? Get the hell well, out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Thank you. So, yeah, you know, semantics there. But, yeah, why not? Throwing James Earl Jones. Trev, what are you thinking? Uh, I said uh, I threw in Jeff Daniels as Marlon, you know, a little, little callback for Jim Carrey there, a true best friend. I like not, that. Not whatever his name is, Biff. <laughs> Cody, hates Je- Cody hates Jeff Daniels, dude. Yeah, Jeff Daniels is all right. I like Dumb and I've Dumber. Never, I've never seen Dumb and Dumber, so this was just – Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't watch movies. <laughs> I've never seen it either, but – you never seen Dumber Dumber? It says dumb in the name. Why would I want to watch it? Yeah, good point. Good point. Corbin, you got to watch that movie. Come on, dude. You can pick it for the podcast if you want me to watch it. Yeah. That's the only way it's going to happen. Dumb and Dumber too. Why? I, I definitely won't pick it, but why won't you watch it? It's, it's like dumb. <laughs> you haven't even seen it's it. Not, <laughs> it might be dumber than you think. All right. So uh, there was something interesting I was reading that uh, – the director of this movie, Peter Weir, almost played the role of Kristoff as like a meta thing of like the director of the movies directing the show. 
I think that would have actually been pretty interesting. And I don't know if he would have been a good actor, though. So if he was a good actor, then I would say recast him. But he's probably a weirdo. Then I thought about here's I'm going to be brutally honest with you guys. I don't have much of a pitch here in a little bit. So I'm going to do a little bit of extra work here to to make up for it. Uh if this movie were to be made today, the thing that they would do is the people watching the TV show of Truman show would be cameos of real people or real famous actors. They would stuff them in there. Something very similar to what they did in free guy, which I do like the movie, but it's probably in retrospect, not a great part about it, but here we go. We're going to put Samuel L. Jackson and he's going to be in the bathtub and he's going to say, what the fuck? (laughs) When he sees Truman, uh, we're just going to have Julia Roberts and Meg Ryan just hanging out, you know, out on the town watching it while, you know, grabbing a bite to eat at lunch. Uh, and then I thought, you know, even more crazy, we're going to have uh, characters from other movies that are released in the year of 1998 watching this film. So you're going to like pan over and see Matt Damon and Edward Norton playing poker and they're they're watching some tr- the real life Truman Show. Same thing. Jeff Bridges, he's just bowling at the bowling alley, and you know what they have on the TVs there? They have the Truman Show on. So there you go, Cody. You were shaking your head a lot there. Let's hear it. Yeah, you know it's uh, that's an interesting move. I like Sam Jackson in the toilet instead of that guy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You probably just have to pay those people a lot more. The budget the movie's going to go up, and uh, you know, oh no, it's not a terrible idea, but. Yeah, whatever. That's like everything this movie despises to become. I just described in you know a few short sentences. <sighs> Do you guys have any other recasts? <laughs> I do have another one actually. Um, so Laura Linney, she's on obviously my list. Uh, somebody to get rid of. And um, I was thinking around the '90s area, who would be somebody fun to throw in there? And um, she's in one of my favorite movies, Grown Ups. So I figured I'd give her another shot. You know, Salma Hayek, uh, she's actually not bad in, like, romantic roles, I feel like. And I think she would have more fun with the character than Laura Lenny did, who I think was just just one note the entire time, except for, like, when, you know, Truman's attacking her a little bit. But um, I, <laughs> I want somebody who has more, like, chemistry and rapport with, with Jim Carrey other than just, like, this goody two-shoes who never stops smiling and is kind of annoying. Um, yeah, why not throw in Salma Hayek? I actually really like that pick, bring a little bit of heart. I appreciate that, man. Welcome to the Academy. This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. Cody, what are you giving this movie? What awards? All right, right back to me, yeah. Uh, I got a couple here. The first one, which is actually pretty impressive, I think. This is probably the longest-running fictional TV show of all time. Uh, a good 30 years. That's not easy to do on TV. Um, obviously, it's sunny in Philly, might give it give it a run for its money but um i mean damn 30 years of television like i said just not easy to do and uh the truman show i mean they've done it so respect that's my oscar this week rev what do you got yeah i came up with the uh the paul giamani lifetime achievement award um this one goes to the actor uh who like has the most like paul giamani type vibe type energy and very coincidentally, this one goes to uh, Paul Giamatti himself. Uh, comes in, just, you know, does his just full Paul Giamatti, very flustered. Fucks up the show, honestly, not paying attention to Truman. Uh, just, I mean, just shout out Paul Giamatti. Maybe throw him into Who Can Act, because why not? <laughs> one of many people who, who was not doing their job that week, Paul Giamatti's character. No one else in that movie played Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> and no one else was no dyed blue will. with red hair and big fat liar. For I love that movie. <laughs> That's a classic. Uh, my award, you know, this was uh, nominated for best director, best uh, supporting actor for Ed Harris, and obviously best original screenplay. I say this movie should win best original screenplay. Uh, you know, other uh, nominees from 1998. Shakespeare in Love is what won, Saving Private Ryan, Life is Beautiful, and Bullworth. To be honest, never seen any of those movies, so this is the best screenplay of them that I've read, so here we go. I think it's the best one from 1998. Uh, Also got to say that this movie probably deserves the award for Best Dome, Um, so yeah. What about the Simpsons movie? Well, 
you know, there's some classics. There's obviously the Stephen King Under the Dome. There's Sandy's Dome. There's the dome your mom gave me. (laughs) They're all over the place. (laughs) Oh, I did not see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) Too far, man. Too far. I saw that one coming as soon as you said dome. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any other awards, Cody? Uh, I do have one more, actually. It's it's kind of calling a specific person out, but uh, basically... There's a uh, an actor in here who, um, yeah, I think in, like in general they're decent, but their character, it's the bus driver and the guy who runs the ferry, supposedly. Um, he's got to be the worst bus driver in uh, in movie history, if I'm being honest. I mean, he can't even start the damn bus. Oh, I think he did that on purpose. Yeah, he did that on purpose. He's an actor. He's not a so. right drive a bus. Dude, he was he was sweating like crazy. I think he was legit. They <laughs> can't go to Chicago. He can't take him to Chicago for real. There is, no, there is no Chicago. He also it's can't drive fake. a boat, which is that kind of makes sense. Like, do you know how to drive a boat? I don't. So. Do you know how to drive a bus? Yeah, you start the damn bus and then you take off. I don't know. There's a. Do you know how to get? Do you know how to get from to Chicago from inside of a dome? <laughs> <laughs> i don't actually so good point there. hit the wall well i mean he should have done that then he couldn't even start it to go hit the wall uh i yeah. think that was good improv by that bus driver to just ruin the bus <laughs> yeah i guess but uh i'm not a fan in general and uh you know there are arguably probably some worse bus drivers in other movies uh we i feel like we talk about this all the time but forrest gump spider-man some, some clear ones there but um yeah, I'll take this movie in the top three at least. Let's go to uh, weird movie details trivia. Naked grandma. Naked, huh? Cody, what question are you asking us this week, Holmes? <laughs> You're coming to me first every single one, dude. All right. Um, but yeah, my question this week, there's no options, by the way. So it might be a little tough, but you guys can tag the team this. Uh, if you get it all together, then I'll give it to you both. But uh what were the three things in that three-in-one kitchen device ad that Laura Lenny got from the grocery store? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think a peeler was one of them. That's one. Yeah, <laughs> two more. Like a, it's like a knife. Yeah. Like uh, a no knife. Uh, okay. What else? What else? Uh, what's up? Like a a grater? Yeah, yeah I feel like there's a grater. That's, That's the like, main part of the body. I feel like there's like a spiral. Like a whisk or something. Mm. What else? What other kitchen things can you do? Uh, Potential murder weapon. Whisk, cut, peel, mince, mandolin, grater. <laughs> what the hell's mandolin? You don't know what a mandolin is? Like, yeah. The it's instrument. Like potato chips. Um, oh, I do know what that is. Okay. It's also an instrument. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Is it just like a scooper? I feel like you guys pretty much got it. I mean, it's it's called a dicer, but I mean, that's oh, so it's a knife. knife. Yeah. 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 So I'll give it to you. Okay. Three for three. Good work, boys. Is that your only question? Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, Trev, what's your question? Uh, Let's see. Do you know how much Jim Carrey was paid for this movie? Oh. Yes. I do not. I'll take, a, I'll take a guess at it, though. I don't fucking know. 1998? Mm, the chunk of change. Is, chunk of change. is that enough? Is that too much? I don't know. Pretty close. I'll say, I'll say that. Yeah. So he was actually uh supposed to get paid like twenty mil, but I know he took a pay cut to yeah. get paid twelve million dollars. Ooh, that's pretty close. I assume it was like because he was doing comedies, wanted to dip his toes in the dramas. Yeah, smaller budget film for sure. Probably didn't expect you know original story type stuff. Uh, my question is: This was originally. Uh, written as like a one-page treatment more kind of a dystopian set in like a new york city type place futuristic maybe a little darker the original title though was not the truman show there's a different name was it the andrew show the william show the malcolm show or the brandon show this is a stupid question (laughs) i read this too go to you guess first you know malcolm's really sticking out to me for some reason so i think i'm gonna go with that one all right and trevor same, same here malcolm show yes, oh, let's go. it is the malcolm show that was a pure guess too that's, a, that's kind of a miracle 
They should have stuck with it. I disagree. I, I like Truman. It's a good name. Frankie Muniz cornered the market on Malcolm's. So mm, that's true. They got a monopoly on Mal. <laughs> no one else can be Malcolm after Frankie. <laughs> RIP. Pitch time. I'll take it away because I said I didn't have much. I don't want a sequel of or anything of this movie. Like this is probably the last movie that I want to see a sequel of for some reason. Uh, it just seems like I just, maybe it's because I love the ending so much and just because of the thematic elements. But I would say no sequel, please. That's my pitch. Stay away from it. That's a cop out pitch. I do have uh, a secondary pitch. Uh, how about other movie characters owned by Paramount watch the Truman Show in their movies? <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> like when Top Gun Maverick comes out this summer, just, you know, they're yelling or something. And what if they, like uh... they go home and they watch the Truman Show? And then in the iCarly reboot, I think that would be really, you know, beautiful because, uh, you know, the rebooting of IP and the, you know, they're creating a reality of themselves with the show iCarly. Uh, I think it'd be great if they were watching the Truman Show. Yeah. And then it cuts and then Ed Harris and then uh, Edward Norton and Matt Damon are playing poker and then Meg Ryan's there. <laughs> exactly. You know, in the original, the original plan for this movie, there was, there was going to be a point in the movie where the movie cuts out and then cameras in the theater would broadcast the a, a videotape of the people in the theater watching the movie up on the screen in the middle of the movie. That yeah, I, read, I, didn't, I didn't understand what was going on with that. What would they even do? Also, what like teenage projector kid at the movie theater? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, like that would never work. Like you, who, movies don't do that. But that's interesting, huh? If they would have done that, that's like groundbreaking stuff. I feel like, but yeah, you're not gonna have like. 18-year-old kids working at the movie theater probably be able to figure that out in time. But <laughs> they would just they would be like, figure it out. You got this. That's Fair what you enough. think would happen, Cody. They would just they wouldn't give them instructions. They probably give them instructions, but I mean, kids working at the movie theater, I feel like they're not the smartest people of all time. So wow. <laughs> I knew people who worked at a movie all theater. All labor is skilled labor, Cody. <laughs> You know, I'm not shouting out anybody like disrespectfully, you know, but uh, I mean, a little disrespect, you know, if you work at the movie theater, like fair enough, but you know, who you used know, to work at a movie theater, Jake, no, Jackson, <laughs> more, <laughs> more beef. Well, Jackson's, Jackson's pretty smart, so maybe, nah, 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 nah that dude sucks. They suck. Uh, no, more, no more free press. All right, Trevor, sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I was just commenting on uh, new people who worked at movie theaters and smart or stupid. Look, man. Are they going to listen to this? <laughs> no. Then let I mean, hear it. Take your guess. They're stupid. They're dummies. Well, Press play. If you were friends with them, then yeah. I wasn't. I'm not there. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send this to them. Anybody uh, want to do their pitch? Or I want to hear yours. Yeah. So I mean. Like Corbin said, like I don't really want there to be a sequel. I like how it ends, but since I respect this podcast, I came with an actual answer. Um, I mean, I, the sequel is pretty obvious, but I'm not going with the obvious one. I'm going with something I talked about earlier. I'd like to see Christoph just still try to uh, have the first on-air conception. Just still, <laughs> still going for it. <laughs> Who's conception? Who's concepting? Whoever. That's the journey. He just keeps trying. <laughs> keeps trying to film. They could just find the two hottest people ever and uh yeah, just make that movie, right? I'd watch it. <laughs> <we know. laughs> okay, go <come> on. <laughs> All right, my pitch is a doozy, so I'll I'll get right to it. Uh I'm going to Truman Show 2, Escape from Sea Haven. Great title, I'm proud of that. Uh yeah. Basically the the basic plot is Truman's out now. He's got Ed Harris and all of his posse on his tail looking for him because they still want him back. Um, and also the fact that he's like, you know, a global superstar, it's pretty hard for him to stay out of the limelight, but, um, obviously my rule is somebody's got to die. So let's kill his weird girlfriend. Cause j let's just say Ed Harris kills her. Um, uh, and then basically the thick of the movie is 
Uh, it's sort of like a John Wick style, a little bit of MacGyver. It's like an action comedy with an older Jim Carrey. Just It's like 10 years later, obviously, or whatever. But uh, Jim Carrey's pissed. He just found out that it was Ed Harris who killed, killed his girlfriend. And he's going after him. So uh, the entire posse, it's just John Wick style. He's mowing people down and uh, just get, uh, you know, Jim Carrey back into the action scene. I kind of just want to see that. If, we're, yeah. if we have to pitch a sequel. Obviously, this is not a good sequel, but why not? That sequel, but his weapon is the three and one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he kills Ed Harris with at the end. The three and one. Doesn't add right before. <laughs> you're, you're writing on week four. Yeah, this is all gold. All gold. I'm a writer at heart. <laughs> That's beautiful, guys. That's beautiful. We'll start calling Paramount up. Jim Carrey would never do a sequel for this movie. No. No shot. No shot. He did right, Mr. Popper's right. Penguins. <laughs> Underrated Jim Carrey. He did Dumb and Dumber 2. Is it that out of the realm? I guess that's true. <laughs> but I feel like this movie, like Dumb and Dumber 2, like, yeah, I'll do a sequel of that. Like, what am I going to harm the artistic integrity of the, the original one? You haven't even seen it, dude. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I don't like this Dumb and Dumber slander when you haven't even seen it. Oh, oh I, was looking on, I was looking on his uh, filmography. Ace Ventura 3 is coming out. I mean, this guy, he doesn't care. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Okay. Sequel. Hey, Sonic, bro. That's pay him the full mo- twenty. Pay him the full twenty this time. Yeah, <laughs> he'll come yeah, around yeah. for the sequel. Run it up. Probably do it for twenty, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I would too. We've reached the end of our line, but we have to rate this movie. Trevor, you're the guest, which means you have to go first. What do you rate in this movie out of sixty-nine? I gave it a solid fifty-four. As I said, I have called this movie my favorite movie. I can't come in and disrespect it with a low score. Solid 54 for The Truman Show. It's good rating. I, um, funny enough, I have it as, as a 54 as well. So uh, we're on the same wavelength here. I, I don't think that's ever happened, honestly, before in the show where somebody, we've had like similar, similar ratings. So uh, yeah. Don't fuck this up, Corbin. <laughs> you better say 54. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've got this movie coming in out of 49. Um, I really think it is kind of what Cody was talking about right at the beginning, like the rewatchability. Like I think probably the first time I watched this, this, it's like a four and a half star movie. And then the second time, like a four star movie. And now I'm at like three and a half and I don't think it'll go down much from here. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch it a, a ton more in the future, but uh, I think it does kind of eat away at itself and, and doesn't live with you as long uh, as well as some other things do. Uh, but can't deny that it is like a great script, clever idea. It, you know, for, foretold much of what was to come in reality television, as well as, you know, served as a basis of ideas for, you know, a lot of things to come. Uh, whether it's, you know, things like The Matrix or Free Guy or better, like any number of things take a little bit of, you know, uh, idea or at least can be spiritual successors to this movie about being stuck, uh, you know, and then escaping into the, the world beyond. So. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good movie. I don't know if The Matrix ripped off it much, if I'm being honest. I'm not saying it ripped it off, but I mean. <laughs> it also, like, it came out in, like, 99, which is, like, a year later. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I respect, I respect, I'm just saying in terms of the ideas and the similar ideas. Saying, yeah. Obviously, that movie is more about, uh, you know, being trans more than anything. So I don't think it probably did pull from the Truman Show, but. That is true, honestly. So, good point. Uh, yeah, I, I think maybe we were a bit harsh on this movie, but. I think it's just good. It's just good. Like, you can't deny it's good. And uh, I think maybe Corbin's rating was a little low, but uh, it's just a good movie. That's pretty much all I got to say. Recommendations? What have you been into? Trevor, you want to get us started? I mean, I know you're missing something special right now, so. I know. Euphoria season two. Shout out. But on the lines of Jim Carrey, featured heavily, Don FM, the new weekend album. Hmm. Go listen to it. Bring it up. He's got his own song at the end. It is timely. Jim Carrey, he's back this week. So <laughs> we're riding waves right now. Trends. I saw a TikTok that was like playing that song and it was like, this gives me Truman Show vibes. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense, but timely. <laughs> it's because it has Jim Carrey in it. Those are the vibes. It's like a little little weird and has Jim Carrey. So therefore. This is Truman giving Show. me Grinch vibes, bro. <laughs> this is giving me Dumb and Dumber 2 vibes. Cody, what do you got for us? Yeah, I got a couple of wrecks this week. Um, I did check out uh, Hell or High Water on Netflix. I did talk to Corbin about this a little, little bit already, but mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Bridges, very, very good in that movie. Um, 
sort of like a grizzled, just about to retire uh, ranger. Um, but he's amazing in it. But overall, it, it's good. It's fun. I think it might be a little overhyped from what I've heard about it. But maybe I just had like my expectations a little too high going into it. But uh, pretty sure it's like nominated for Best Picture and stuff. So but yeah, good movie. Check that out. Um, and then the other thing, which I just binged the shit out of this weekend, was uh, The Queen's Gambit. And mm. Corbin had very high things to say about it on our last episode. So What's I figured the out how to watch it. Uh, the verdict, it's good. Uh, I think it's maybe it's similar to the verdict on the Truman Show. I don't know if that's just a, uh, a theme this weekend, but it's definitely good. I don't know if it's the best TV of last year, but um, I really enjoyed watching it. I mean, if I binged it, it's like, what, seven episodes? That's like seven hours. I watched that shit in like two days. So it's definitely interesting. It makes chess very, very interesting. And that's really not anything I was interested in before the, the show. But great performance, obviously. I mean, I'm Taylor uh, Joy. Is that her name, right? Yep. Uh, but yeah, very I'll well. I'll tell you what, show. the Overall, power that show has had over people in chess, man. Chess is huge right now. I mean, not as big as it was over the summer, but like way more popular than it was, you know, a year ago. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, I'm somewhat interested in chess now, too. Like, maybe I'll, I'll look into that. But um, I think it's the characters that really carry the show. I think great performances from the supporting, you know, mostly the guys. Uh, that one guy who's in the Maze Runner, I can never remember his name, but he's really good as that Benny guy. Yeah, with the uh, I was t- that's the blonde guy with the mustache I was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I and do then, like him. And then uh, the dude from uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, Neville. He, no, no, he's, right. he's he's the Dursley kid. He's the Dursley. I I think I said Neville yesterday, but it's it's Dursley kid. Oh, that's not Neville. See, I don't. No, I wouldn't no. even know. Yeah, he's got his eyes too close together, though. He does. He's got a big nose too, and I know. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. Overall, definitely a good show. I check it out, but maybe a little over overhyped. Yeah. Those are my racks. Yeah, for sure. When did we? Uh, I don't know when I recorded uh the last episode. I've watched a lot of things since then uh uh all right uh dazed and confused i watched is one of the first movies of the year did i talk about that last no no okay dazed and confused really awesome movie uh but also like kind of bad in a lot of ways uh definitely not a movie that holds up well in 2021 but like i don't know there's the vibes in it and like there's waves of it where it feels like you're watching the greatest thing ever and like you've never felt this way watching a movie but then there's like things in it that are like just like kind of gross if we're being honest uh yeah. so it, it's, it's tough yeah you know so think about high school girls they uh stay the same age right good uh, line, yeah not, not a great message not a good that. line <laughs> uh watched a couple movies from 2021 the last duel mass power of the dog coda west side story Right out west side story very good uh close to a masterpiece if you take out ansel elgort uh steven spielberg why, baby he's back is that why i made no money Co- dude <laughs> nothing's made money this year coda also Spider-Man. fantastic uh really beautiful story about like this family uh with a daughter who can hear a uh, child of death i mean you know with coda coda cody yeah. had a. Uh, wanted to coda uh as well last duel eh, okay power of the dog yeah. i really don't think that's that great mass really? also a really interesting story about uh the parents i mean again carter talked about it on our oscar podcast but uh you know like following a a mass shooting the parents of the victims and the shooter sitting down and talking very interesting and hard to watch also watched another 2021 movie the voyeurs basically softcore porn very strange uh but it's got sydney sweeney and the dude from detective pikachu in it so uh i watched a movie from 2020 which i've deemed the worst movie i've ever seen uh this is a big deal terrible movie the fuck it list do not watch it really bad and king botch is in it so uh or king batch uh Another movie. Netflix original, right? Uh, I don't think it technically is. Uh, moving on to two Michael Keaton performances that I really loved. First one being in a movie called Worth, which is kind of very Spotlight-esque, which is, I think, part of why I like it. It's not as good, but it's about basically the 9-11 Victims Fund and like how they went about like assigning money to you know, the people after all these people died in 9-11 and it's a lot of politics behind it. And it's kind of like a, a lawyer movie and it, it's pretty interesting. And the other one, Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. This movie is incredible. 
obviously a best picture winner. I'd never gotten a chance to check it, check it out, but I really do uh, love everything that happens in it. The fact that it's Michael Keaton playing the character that he's playing as well as just his performance, uh, the cinematography, it's essentially shot and all in one take and uh, just really interesting idea. And then finally, I uh, watched a documentary called Alt-Right Age of Rage. Uh, if you have any interest in kind of beginning to scratch the surface of what alt-right politics look like in this country and uh, just how widespread things are. Obviously, this movie's a little bit older and precedes the events of January 6th, so it doesn't have a full you know, grasp of, of it's not fully encompassing of the alt-right movement, especially in modern times, but uh, looking at like the Charleston March uh, back in 2017 and just kind of you know where politics were then in the middle of Trump's presidency. Presidency is a very interesting watch. Nice. I've been a lot busy. Of don't know. A lot of people don't know Corbin's super alt-right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. speeches. yeah you've been on a tear man it's kind of ridiculous hey bro gotta get hit 365 this year yeah you're a psychopath there's no way you hit that you have to slow down from that pace at least yeah but if i uh start off really strong <laughs> bank. got bank on exactly. exactly also where did you watch birdman at i rented it on really? Amazon yeah. Prime. That's but definitely it, one of the ones I want to check out. But... It was definitely worth it. That was part of my uh I watched 15 movies this year, so we're nine days in, so we're almost double. Uh <laughs> I've watched like four. I'm doing the I talked about the book my brother got me for Christmas, where it's like the a prompt every week this week was mm-hmm. to watch a best picture winner. So I decided I'd check out Birdman. Did it win? I guess it did. Yeah, Probably. 2014, best picture winner. I, and I think deserving. Uh, same year as Selma and Whiplash. I know a lot of people pr- whip, appreciate Whiplash a little bit more, uh, but I, I think it deservedly best picture winner for that year. So Yeah, I like Selma too, actually, but I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I think the uh, there's a lot of like meta stuff in Birdman, and it is pretty representative of like movies in 2014, uh, just like the ideas behind it and what it means to be like a celebrity versus being uh, an actual actor and I don't know. Pretty good stuff. We could talk about it more one day when you watch it. Yeah, I'll have to check it out for sure. Trev, any final parting words of wisdom? I don't. I'll uh, I'll be excited to come back when Jim Carrey does the Truman Show to Escape from Sea Haven. Uh, We'd be glad to have you bring on. Bring me back. Whatever <laughs> movies Paul Giamatti's doing. The Amazing Spider-Man Three, hopefully. That is true the rhino boy uh thank you so much for coming on trev uh yeah. a pleasure always Appreciate great to talk to up. you yeah. uh definitely my f- favorite van overberg brother no no and question about that <laughs> if, if only you went to a different to school you won't listen to this oh no he won't he won't no shot no shot it's been a pleasure are you gonna Peace. do it are you gonna say it stay capping no the line <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good night. That's absolutely that wrong. And <laughs> if I don't see you. And there we go. <laughs> if I don't see you, good stay afternoon, cap. good evening, and stay capping.